Okay. Welcome to the Stranix Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Gustav Hamilton. Hi, Gus. Hello. I'm Cammy. Cammy. I'm Cammy Polanco. That um, was the shittiest intro I have ever. <laughs> okay, from the top. From the okay. top. Ready? Let's go. Ready? Let's go. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Welcome back to the Stranix Podcast. I'm Cammy Polanco, and this is my co-host. Gustav Hamilton. Oh, yay, Gustav. I'm just going to start calling you Gustav. The thing that you really deep in your heart want the most. Let's it's just, never going to take. We're going to change the course of history. And You know what I want it, I want it to take when I'm like 70 years old. That's when I want it to take. That's when I want it to kick in. Oh, that might happen, actually. Yeah. That I feel like it's happen. more fitting at that point. 70 years old? Or you think like 80 when you're in the nursing home and people are like, it says here, Gusto. No, I don't want to make it there. <laughs> oh, sorry, bummer. Okay. Uh, go out of my studio. Okay. Um, uh, speaking of which, I heard this story. Oh, this is such a bummer. Starting on, an, on a death note, there's like the New York story is this, like this is my biggest fear. I think this is every artist's biggest fear when they get old in New York. They like, you're like 85 years old, you're working in your studio, and then you just die. And then like, they don't find you for a week. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, woof. It happened. uplifting. It, ha- it happened to a person I know. God. Knew. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Because he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. I'm sorry. Jesus. Um, Jesus, Cammy. But then all these, he didn't have any like next of kin. Like he didn't have any kids or a, or a partner. So they, they have what they call ambulance chasers that read the obits. And then if they see that there's no next of kin, they'll come in and like take control of the estate. And then you so have to gross. find someone to like, you have to have a really uh, pretty, pretty good will if you don't have your affairs in order. That's it gets so crazy. Gross. Yeah. So this artist like, is like people came in um, and just like tried to prove that they were some sor- sort of relatives, which it ended up the whole thing had to go to court and his assistant, who was like his one day a week assistant that would check on him, like took them to court and like won. It was really, but it was years in court. It's crazy. Jesus, that sucks. So welcome to Stramix Podcast. This is the end of life preparation. So if you're 25 and you think you're just going to live till 90, you probably are, but. I'm going to be 30 soon. Oh my God. Congratulations. When's your birthday? December. December what? It's on Christmas Day. It's December 25th. Oh my goodness. Wow, I didn't know that. I know. That's what. Wait, you're going to be 30 this year? Yeah. That's like a big deal. I know. I know, but somebody told me that I get it. I get to. I get to do 30, I get to do 29 again next year because this whole year was bullshit, so. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. Oh, wow. Because I was really really trying to have a, like a solo show in New York before I turned 30, you know? 
You did. No, I didn't. Yeah, you had one in the park a couple weeks oh, that's, ago. That's, yeah, see, that was supposed to be in a gallery, Cammy. Oh, well, I mean, oh. either, you know, a gallery, a park, whatever. <laughs> hey, it was They're fun. Very close. More dogs came to the park, so that was bad. better. Oh, that was like oh. a great time. Um, okay, so. And so was your gonna... birthday. Happy belated birthday. Yeah, thank you. I think, yeah, I feel good. I, uh. It was a really great birthday considering, you know, like we also had it. Considering who you had to hang out with. (laughs) Oh, um, considering that there's a global pandemic and you're not allowed to really have people congregate in any amount. Yeah, that was a fun one, though. Like being, it was like just small enough, just a big enough park. And uh, we got to play guitar. And I, I took a... A picture of you eating a cheeseburger that's so good that I went and looked at it yesterday. <laughs> the pictures. Yeah, your camera <laughs> looks really good, actually. I know, but it, it Kimmy, you're gonna, this is gonna make you throw up. <laughs> screw, screw telling you to shut the fuck up. No, Crew's like, what's happening? <laughs> uh, I, I went back and I looked at the picture and I thought, Cammy just looks adorable eating that cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Oh, uh, it's really wonderful. Thanks so much for coming. Yeah. It was such a fun party. And oh, oh my God, as a gift, I got a beautiful cup from Jen Waverick. Yeah, that's cool. Happens to be on the podcast today. Hey. Um, it's the cup there's an image of a nude woman a topless woman who looks kind of like 70s or early 80s and she is karate chopping a bunch of pieces of wood with her breast it's so weird yeah we'll put a picture of it up on the instagram because it's like such a wacky yeah it's such a wacky picture like what was why is she karate chopping this stuff with her breast i don't know but it's awesome yeah, so we talked about it a little bit. I mean, we actually talk a lot about it in the podcast, but uh, Jen Waverick is the the founder, founder, owner, and director of Brooklyn Clay, which means she's my boss and Cammie's boss. Yeah, uh, that's true. But you get to see her on the daily. Yeah, I already texted with her this morning. And then I only get to see her a couple days a week, but I try to like sneak my way into seeing her a couple more days just because I you know I just want to get some more FaceTime <laughs> yeah but because <laughs> I love uh, Jen so much yeah it is fun it is I have a desk next to her that I don't use enough but I, I love being in there um but yeah we we talk about a lot of stuff because Jen sort of um came into ceramics like after having a career like a like a full-on successful career in uh, like the advertising branding world and then um, kind of came roundabout into ceramics through taking classes at community studios and then slowly trying to figure out uh, just like what wasn't working for her and her friends um, and then trying to make a studio that was like closer to what she thought was missing. Um, and it's a cool, it's a cool story about like, you know, what she saw in these different ways. Like I think we've talked, quite a bit on the podcast about the dinnerware line that I've been working on at work, but um, she's, she's really like built this sort of malleable studio that can 
kind of quickly transition, which has been extremely helpful right now. And some studios have closed for like, who knows how long during this pandemic. And yeah. Jen is sort of like pivoting from one thing to another. And Yeah, she's really trying to make it work really trying to make it work um, under like dire circumstances for any small business. Um, also, one of the things that I love about what she's doing at Brooklyn Clay is, what I love that Jen's doing is she's making available like ceramics technology that was only available in schools. So yeah. like you, so you'd have to be like affiliated with some college to like you get a 3D printer, but you know, you can just go to Brooklyn Clay and like rent out the 3D printer for the day. It's amazing, like that sort of um, generosity in investing into ceramics itself. Well, there we go. Okay, let's <laughs> let's go. Let's go into the interview. Let's Here hear from Jen. Who she is, our favorite person in the world, because we're just saying that because she's our boss, Jen Waverick. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. I was just telling Gus today how I laugh to myself alone, like laugh out loud when I hear him starting to go on about the circumstances <laughs> thing. I love it, I love it. I feel for you, it's like how many hours a day are you avoiding Gus's gaze? <laughs> oh, no, it's hilarious. It's like a sitcom though, because Gus will start to explain something. And I have to say, he's really clear about it and he describes things in, in a way that's like a big dummy like me, who like a Zerkbax dummy like me can understand them. And um, Anders will hear it and Anders will be like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> it's so perfect brother, brother foil. It's like, don't yeah. let him talk about it. <laughs> Jen, I feel like, I think we've talked about it on the podcast before, but you do a really good job at uh, making me really making me feel like I'm heard and listened to when I'm just talking about stuff that I know nobody else cares about. <laughs> and I go I, around and I'm like, look, I scratched it, but it scratched less than the one that scratched before. And you're like, that looks really good. It's, it's like one of your kids brought you like a fake, like an image. No, no, I'm really, I am so, I am so excited that somebody <laughs> is like going so much for like working so hard and doing like, what I did, what I would do if I had the capacity to like <laughs> to concentrate on Zircapax. I, I mean, I would want to be that kind of person. Did yeah. you, have you read like, cause I kind of feel the same way. Have you read books about like, or taken like how to be an amazing manager? Like how to, like how do you no. know how to be a great manager? I have not read any books. Like I cannot focus anymore. Like I can't read books anymore. Does anybody read a book anymore? Oh wait, so your management style is you have such a short attention span? Yes. It's like, it's, it's such a short attention span that you can't remember. There used to be this strategy when I worked years ago at Donna Karen, it was a real mess. And there would be this thing where I figured it out after a while, like they would be constantly changing things. And so I'd start doing something one way and then they'd be like, wait, we're going to do that, that. And they'd come back with like five rounds of changes. And I literally would not do anything in those five rounds. And we would be back at the beginning where it was. And I'm like, okay, it's all done. <laughs> it was so hilarious. And I recognized that that was a pattern that everyone, that they did. Like, they were just like, like chicken head cut off show. That's what, it was and so then you just, yeah you just it, don't do that now 
Is that now? I, I ju- now I'm the person doing the chicken head <laughs> <laughs> who runs around like, oh my god! <laughs> and then we're like, no, that was done like a year ago. We like did that, and it's like done, and it's out in the world. Oh my god! Yeah, no, these, these guys, this crack team of of Brooklyn, like this. I, I have to say, Gus and Anders are such a good good team of studio managers. It's so good. I okay. Never, I, I, remember remember I can actually do it. Oh, okay. I know. I'm like, yeah. I'm already, I'm getting <laughs> animal like, out. I'm like, like, this is not the Gus, how great is Gus show. <laughs> I didn't sign up for. Uh, I know, I know, I know. Cammy wants to change the, the subject. Okay. No, I love, no, I actually, I know how, I know he works really, really. I know what a good job is. <laughs> No, you don't even need to say anything because he's just off in his own little world, like <laughs> figuring out the next thing. And you just occasionally pop in and listen to <laughs> it on pork scraping <laughs> on, a, on a glaze. You're like, That's like, <laughs> you're like I mean, slow clapping, walking away. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's like a... Yeah, I was trying to explain to my sister why I like my job so much and like one of the things that I kept coming back to was just like being able, like being in being in my own driver's seat and not just always feeling like, yeah, that there's like someone looking over my shoulder. And um, when Cammy and I were talking about what we want to talk to you about, one of the big things was just how, um, like, I guess for all the listeners, we'll probably talk about this in the intro, but uh, Jen Waverick is my boss and the owner of Brooklyn Clay. <laughs> and she's uh, also my boss. Yeah, she's also oh, yeah. 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 Everybody's boss. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm cool boss. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like one thing that has been so special about this job has been that um, you've like sort of looked at what people are interested in doing, and then just like like we are working. We're in the middle of this dinnerware line that I talk about all the time on here, and you really let us just like really go crazy with it. Um, like any, any bit of free time is how it started kind of. And then it was yeah. like, you just let us build out more and more and more of our time to do it, which. Has, well, you guys are yeah, so good at so it. Cool. You, between you and Sarah, I was just, I was thinking about it when I was writing about this the other day about how the, um, how it has evolved over time. And it's just, you know, starting out with problems and really doing a lot of work and a lot of prototypes and like really like, sticking in there and figuring things out and this like design evolved from all the problems that we had and it's like like Gus discovered problems that I didn't even know existed (laughs) that's how how much work has gone into that actually Gus was like Gus has missed like the real problems were because Gus didn't know what he was doing so he was creating problems (laughs) and then he looks like a hero because he's fixing his own fucking problems (laughs) No, but does anybody know what they're doing? No, no no one does. Yeah, that is, it has really like, I've learned so much during it, but like, just no matter what you do with ceramics, like there's just, there's always sneaky, like the sneakiest problems that you could ever, never Oh my God, it's the craziest. Painters don't have this problem, I don't think. I don't think so. Like, oh, my titanium or my Cremier white is really... Like, what's their problem? Yeah. They're having the, difficulty mixing it. Their their materials are limited, right? Like, clay materials just go on and on. And on. on. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, maybe that's a good way to just segue, Jen, into you talking a little bit about how you got into ceramics from the start. Yeah, because it really, it came from, uh, it came from, the, the whole studio came about just because of like needing to work in a, work with other people with ceramics. But, um, you know, I, so, like, so I started out in, you know, doing, like I was worked in like branding and I worked in graphics and worked in house for people for a lot of years doing other people's businesses and like c coming up with what their businesses should look like and what the, how they should do things. And, and then when I got into ceramics was, which was just basically because a friend of mine was opening a shop and I curate, was curating it for him. And it was like, it was a, a, just a mix of, you know, it was basically whatever I wanted to put in there. And one thing that was because ceramics was getting so hot, like I um, was trying to, I was starting to pull some ceramics into it and, um, and I got interested and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to take a class, see what this is like. And that it started very, like, very, very, like, you know, simple, dumb just trying, just trying to understand what I was, you know, what I was looking to, to curate and put in the store. And, um, and then, you know, you just kind of get sucked in and addicted to it because it's so satisfying to work with clay. And it really is like a, um, like just, it's, a, it's just like a great form of therapy. And it's like, it's a great way to, um, I don't know, just work a lot of things out and, and just spend your time. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah there, so. there are so many like moving uh, goals with ceramics that I had to where I feel like if it, um, I would get to something that I really wanted to do and then all of a sudden I'd be like, oh, but now, like now that I learned how to do this, now I want to know how to do this. And it started just with like basic throwing stuff even being like, oh, now I can throw like a nice bowl, but I want to throw a jar. And, and then you know, a decade and a half later. Just watching <laughs> watching Gus make slabs got me so excited. Like it seems like the simplest thing. But there is a real art to throwing a beaut or just like making a beautiful slab. Like I I'm gonna I'm gonna do some more slab stuff <laughs> one of these days, I swear. It's really inspirational, right? Like you see it someone is. do something and you're like, holy shit, like if when I when I know how to do that like, how am I going to make that mine? It's so interesting because it is so, like, you know, and you guys especially, I've, like, I've seen both, watched both of you guys work and teach. And, um, and it's so, it's such a hard medium. It's really hard to do and you make it look really easy. I've heard, I remember you're in Cami U this semester saying to some, saying to your class, this is going to, I can't remember what it was because a, a bunch of teachers said the same thing. It's like, it looks really easy, but it is really hard and it's going to break your heart. Don't get discouraged because it is really, really hard to be good at it. And yeah. A good thing. I like to really set their expectations so low that when they actually make an ashtray or something, they feel so good about it that like, but if you, if you're like, if you tell someone like it's, you're going to be, you know, it's going to be great. It's, it's a cinch. And then they sit down and they walk away so disappointed. Like, that's not my job. My job is to, like, you know, lift people up, right? Yeah. And In ceramics. Like, yeah. Because it is, it is ex it's extremely difficult, but it's also satisfying very quickly. 
and um you know you just have to hang in there <laughs> dude i was thinking today i was like jen like when she was a little girl she was like i'm gonna move to new york city and open the best ceramic studio in the world <laughs> who would have known i wish i would have known like even 20 years ago like I remember working at Clinique, like, so what was that in the, like, the mid-90s, thinking, like, I should really take a class at Greenwich House, and I never, really? never did it. I was, like, I went and took French over at the, the French school. When did you finally take your first class? It was, like, in the, uh, in the aughts, like, or, like, the, tw uh, I was I was trying to say 12? this today. Yeah, yeah, yeah one of those yeah. zero zeros, yeah. the yeah. teens. I said the teens eventually. Yeah, it was okay. All right, you were looking for is. the yeah. He was looking for that word, and I was just I wasn't giving it to him. And I was like, does <laughs> he mean the odds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I started out taking like, and I will at the painted pot where um, our Katie Coughlin took her and Kyle Lee class. and Kyle Lee. Oh my gosh! So funny. Uh, and then soon after that got very frustrated with, you know, the operation of it and went to Greenwich house and loved it right away. Um, love Greenwich house for a lot of reasons. Cause, um, one, the place is just like the oldest, you know, it, it's like walking back in time in New York city because everything else has been renovated within an inch of its life in the city. But that is how it was maybe and when was it like 1912 when it was yeah it, it's it's or 1850 i don't know but it was it's so it's so old school and i love it and i love the kind of the, some of the crankiness and i i took De derek weisberg's class and i loved that and he was oh, hilarious cool. to He's me so good and it had yeah. some great people in my first class that i really um really liked like some, I know. some good you artists. Have, you met like Robin Cameron. That's how you met. met yeah, I met Robin. Robin Cameron in that class. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, no, she was great. And um, another friend, Grady O'Connor, was in that class. Um, and I can't remember the girl, but the other girl that was in there. She's very tall and lanky. I can't remember her name, but she she worked with Mariah McGinley a little bit. Interesting, really interesting people. Yeah, they really get some good people through that space. When you were like conceiving of like, what is Brooklyn Clay going to be? I mean, and I know that like, it's such a weird time to talk about, you know, like it's such a weird time to talk about Brooklyn Clay as like this evolving, I mean, but it is like, I yeah. guess in that case, it would be a great time to talk about like how, what Brooklyn Clay started and what you're doing and what it is now and what it, you know, what you, is what you thought it, was going to be is like that even close to what it is i mean I, I guess like so it was to me it was born out of like the whole I idea of being in a lot of places a lot of studios and just being like why do they do this like this, this is the stupidest thing like clearly or thinking that a ceramic studio needed to be um reimagined a little bit you know and i i don't know i only know a few studios in in new york but, um, and I, you know, I know a lot more about a lot of um, how studios across the United States are, you know, operate now, like, you know, community studios. 
But um, I just thought it was so, some of the things that were ridiculous were that there was no way to like, there was no way to really have a, um, enough space to work or enough access to time because it's so time sensitive. This, you know, you, you throw something and you go back and it's like dry, like it was pointless. Like, you know, your work would be dry and you couldn't trim it. Like it was um, so, and also the experience of being in ceramic studios, like I, you know, you know, I studied, um, I studied art history and like really got, became attracted to, to ceramics and, and, you know, my, it's not like I have a vast ceramics art history knowledge, but like, I really fell in love with, you know, um, Japanese, Chinese and, and Korean ceramics and just how, like, I'm, you know, fascinated by that. And then also then skipped over to um, British, um, contemporary British art and those ceramic artists. Um, but, um, so I mean, I just like, there was such a big space between what the studios were and what I, you know, a lot of the ceramic work I liked and what I saw being made. And so I liked the idea that, um, you know, I wanted, I wanted to be able, I, I thought there was room to make something that was that a place where people would you know, want to come. And I like the idea of elevating um, ceramics because it is um, elevating like how much it, how it's regarded and how it, you know, the, the amount of money it fetches, whether it's at a craft fair or at um, an art fair. Like I just, it drives me crazy when, you know, people buy, you know, sell their mugs for like just paltry amount of money when they're like, you know, you can't even make it for that much in some cases. Yeah, that might be true, Sarah All. I'm just saying. She I'm, I'm trying to get her to up her prices. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, we got to work on her. <laughs> she is so talented and probably puts it, She, you know, she does it as a labor of love. Um, and so she doesn't recognize the value. <laughs> but, you know, it's like everybody needs to do that in, in ceramics yeah. that is, you know, that is doing good work. Like they need to charge appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. like that's true. I mean, but do you feel like the space would reflect? This is kind of a dumb question, but I'm kind of interested. Like the space itself could reflect the kind of work that's created in the space. Like, is that a thing? Cammy, that's a great question. <laughs> I what I like about this space is that it's like it is in some ways a blank canvas. And it opens it up so that it's 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 kind of clean and clear, and so you can make the shittiest sort of ashtray, or a kind of an extraordinary stool, and um, and just it, it they both look kind of amazing in the place, and I, I feel like it it's a little bit more of a I don't know a neutral canvas for like I, I do feel like a lot of like studios kind of influence what the work is supposed to. Uh, what the work can look like and if you're in a, like a, a a bummer basement kind of studio like you're going to create bummer basement kind of work <laughs> so I think it's valuable that like that feeds your it feeds the work that's being created I don't know I get really excited when I see people see work coming out I don't even know who made it and I just get very excited that it you know I don't even know if it was made here if they're outside firing but I love seeing strong work coming out of this place it gets me 
really, it makes me really happy. I feel really, really satisfied to feel like there's some, in some way, facilitating excellent work being made. Actually, there was a, there was a student in my class, Kai, and I think that you, we were, you were like so into Kai's like work and now you guys, yes. I don't know if you've even announced it or if it's a thing or that you're Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think they're, they're coming to, we'll be getting, we're waiting for a little more slip to come through, but Kai's making some cups for um, yeah. a company and, um, and we're, you know, we're partnering with her to like do the production of it. But I would love more of that to happen. Like, I just like, I like the idea of being able to, um, you know, make projects happen. And I don't even know what that means necessarily. You know, it's, it's like, it depends. It's a little bit of like luck and just seeing what comes down the pike and, you know, taking opportunities and being creative. Uh, it, I feel like just from working there, like our, our goals kind of, or like our focus has shifted at, from different things, like yeah. during different times. And, um, Oh yeah. Did you have any, because now kind of our new thing is that we're like going to make a factory. Uh, <laughs> I'm so there was into a, the factory. There was a little period where I kept being like, uh, like I kept feeling like the shift was like, we're going to be a retail store. Like, and, but kind of like always the, the goal was always to keep the ceramics going and to be able to keep supporting. And that's like one big thing that, um, I know I've said to Cami this morning and I feel like Jen, I've said it to you before, but so many people want to talk about how they like really like supporting the arts and artists, but so few people actually like make a priority of it. Um, and that's been a really, I mean, very fortunate thing for me. Yeah. Um, no, I love that that like that, that even like happens. Like it, it gets me super excited. Like when Rebecca was, was uh, firing her sunflower, here this summer, I was like, oh my God, she's going to fire it in here. Oh my God, this is so exciting. Um, I mean, and like when I saw Cammy's stuff, like your stuff coming out, like last week, Cammy, that new body of work that looks so fantastic. I get so excited. It really does make me happy that the teachers that work here, when they actually, whether they make it here or not, they just come here and fire it. Like, I don't care. Um, but I want them to, you know, I want to, I want to be a part of helping, helping um, people get, make good work. I don't care what it is. Did you think that you would ever have like a retail arm of Brooklyn clay? Is that something that you were like? I thought, yeah, I kind of thought that there was an opportunity there for sure. Um, but like, I have to say uh, if, if, you know, if Gus and Sarah weren't, um, you know, around on the team, like it, I'm not sure what that stuff would look like. You know, it's really, I'm super excited of, uh, that we've, that we're putting out this dinnerware line and that it looks, that it came out the way it, it did. It looks, I'm so proud of it. It looks so great. Um, and I'm just, I'm excited because I think it's a really good start. Like I'm already, I'm already like getting on Gus and Sarah, like, we're going to sell out. I need to, I need to crank these things. Out. I'm, I'm like cracking. I'm already cracking the whip. I'm happy that you're talking about it on the podcast. Cause Sarah, uh, Sarah Allwine was like giving me such a hard time about how excited I get talking about it on the podcast. <laughs> the people that we have at this place, I, I just feel like it's a, 
got lucky. It's a really beautiful mix of people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jen, what do you what do you think about what do you think about the ceramics uniform? Do you see ceramics uniforms? Oh yes, I do. Ceramics uniform. Well, there. Yeah, totally. Like, I'll just hit on the the jumpsuit of a few years ago. Oh. Then, um, but then totally. I will um, get back to. I will. I have to hit on Gus and Anders. Uh, how they have like the matching outfits. Where they literally live in the same place, but will accidentally show up wearing the same thing. Yeah, did you or notice today? The opposite of the same thing. Did you notice today? Anders took his Anders took like his overshirt off because we were both wearing green overshirts with black undershirts sitting next to each other in this meeting. So he took it off. I so love that. it so much. It's like when girls get their periods. <laughs> oh, <God damn> it. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh. The worst thing no. is like nobody notices except you guys. But then sometimes when you call attention to it, everyone's like, oh shit, they do that all I know. the time. I know we look like the handmaid's tail around here, like the ceramics <laughs> handmaid's tail. <laughs> No, I like also there's the scarf cami that you and Nadine yeah. often often do. Yeah, that yeah. was that was big. That was big a year ago. That was big pre <laughs> COVID. It was. You're more in a fluorescent territory now, which is one of my favorite. Jen, how about uh like are you Birkenstocks or Danscos? Or wait, okay. I got one more. Even. F, F. Mary Kill Crocs. <laughs> yeah. Dance goes. Crocs, dance goes, Birkenstocks, or the new rubber Birkenstocks, which oh. I just ordered another pair. <laughs> I I love. Okay, so I I think I'm gonna have to marry the Birkenstocks, <laughs> the Arizona model of the Birkenstocks. <laughs> I am going to kill the Crocs because they're hideous. <laughs> and no friend should ever let a friend wear Crocs. <laughs> and, then, um, and then the dance clothes I love, but I every I had them and was wearing them a lot, and I kept falling off, like like my you know, and breaking my like not breaking my heels, but like just twisting my heel. Yeah, and your ankles. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, I guess Grandma can't wear these anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I have a walker soon. Yeah, so I just wore. Yeah, I would. I'm. I'm the. I'm gonna go with the Birkenstocks. Did either of you have a jumpsuit phase in ceramics? I did. Cool. I did. I did. I, yeah. I, did. I wish I did, but I didn't. Until I realized that I looked like I was just hiding my diaper. <laughs> looked so gigantic. It was just like my big poopy pants. Like it was <laughs> such a bad look. Great. I'm a big believer in the Brooklyn clay apron now. Ooh, now that I, are? because I, I don't know if you've noticed, I, I went from never wearing an apron at work to wearing one most days. And I. That's so funny. Cause I got an olden times picture of you wearing it today. Yeah. I found it and, and I was like, look at, look at Gus wearing well, an apron. I, yeah. I used to put it on if I was doing really messy stuff, but now I try and wear it like most days. If I'm doing any, any stuff in the back, anything in the back room, just so I can like not be dirty all the time. But yeah. The other nice thing is if you tie it, like wrap them around and tie it around your waist, it's pretty slimming. <laughs> I agree. I agree. No. <laughs> Les King is no slum. She knows how to design stuff and she designed, that's a nice thing, friend. Okay, Jen, I got a question for you. Yeah. So 
you still you work with clay like a little bit on stuff for yourself yeah these days a little bit but but um but i was wondering if you if you feel like your uh like your ceramic practice has shifted from being actually making ceramics to like if running the studio and running all these different facets of it is sort of like taken over really has yeah yeah completely i mean i mean i I, now i get a lot of because it's 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 i've done a few things and i just don't complete anything um and by the time i get to the you know where it's like i'm gonna put it in for a bis firing it's like i don't like this anymore and i just like (laughs) sass and throw away (laughs) or um you know yeah just i don't get far enough so i need to feel like I've really hit something and I haven't hit, felt that in a really long time. Do you think that like, like running the studio in some ways is kind of scratching the same itch that you. Oh, totally. Because it's a really, it's a creative endeavor. I mean, yeah. and completely. And I feel I'm satisfied by like when I was saying that I like seeing people's work come out, like cr- other people's creative pieces come out. It's I, I am satisfied by that, like in, in a different way. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, it's not like there's any shortage for you doing creative stuff at the studio no, either. No, like it's the, fun. Yeah. It's so much fun imagining, um, ima- imagining a class, you know, and how to structure a class. Like it might not sound very creatively satisfying, but it is. And like, you know, when people also then, you know, get feedback and people love that class and they want to do, you know, and, um, or just coming up with, ide- you know, things to, ways to, pitch pitch classes or in pitch things and inspire people or just like making a place for people to work that um that like i love facilitating i i like i like that part of it you know that's a big that's a big part of it i mean i do wish that i had like a little more um ceramic payoff every now and then but (laughs) of my own (laughs) but um Baby steps, Jeff. Baby, baby steps. Baby steps. Like First I'm build a massive studio. Then I am building. A, then build a giant factory. Then also get through a pandemic. Yeah. Through a stupid pandemic. So speaking of the pandemic, I know that Brooklyn Clay, like because I was part of it, just really jumped in to create content. Yeah. And that was like such an amazing, you know, like just try anything. Like yeah. just throw things against the wall to see if they stuck. Like, yeah. how did you, like, were you just like, we're not, were you, what were you feeling like? I was just afraid that um, I didn't want to lose the momentum. And I also didn't want to like get too deep into my own, anyone to get too deep into their own heads, like, and go start going a little bananas. I mean, I, at the, I would have been like, so we closed March 23rd and opened july whatever mid-july and i was i would have i couldn't i wouldn't have believed that if you would have told me at the beginning of this so i mean i was really glad that we just started acting and started figuring out ways to engage because we you know we weren't coming into the studio for a little while you know gus and anders eventually started coming into the studio alternating days and then we slowly you know it's, it's been really a slow um, return, but I'm so glad we did that. And I really appreciated that you guys were, I think you guys are such good, um, art hosts 
and talkers, the click and clack of pottery. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> I, I was really appreciative of that. And I, you know, we tried to get also, you know, um, some things going with um, Central St. Martin's. And I, I really love those guys too, that the, the ceramics program there, that's, they're really trying, you know, they, they're so funny and so fun. And I, you know, appreciate working with a, um, somebody in another part of the world that is going through <laughs> this exact same thing. And like, they're going as crazy as we are still, like, still, like, even though we have a crazier government, <laughs> there's crazy too. But um, anyway, I might be getting off the rails a little bit, but uh, yeah. One of my one of my favorite pieces of ceramics at Brooklyn Clay um, is this sugar bowl, and it says hobo teeth on it. Oh. It's one of my favorite things. And when I first like got the job there, I would like go into the kitchen and I <laughs> see this hobo teeth, and I would like crack up. And I was also like, that's like the best descriptive. Thing. You know, it just was like the perfect piece. Sugar bowl. Yeah, and um, then I was like. I was like, where, like, how, where, who made this? And they were like, Jen did. And I was like, Jen who? They were like, yeah. And you're I was like, like, what cool young person like, in what? a jumpsuit made this? I was like, how do I get one? And they you were, didn't notice the lid doesn't really fit. I, didn't, <laughs> I don't even care. specific direction. I feel like one day I'm going to like take, make a sugar dish in my studio and bring it over and just switch it out. <laughs> And then, like, yeah. we'll be, like, FaceTiming, and you'll see it in the background. <laughs> you should see my gluten cookie jar. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I have a whole series. Jen, I really um, like the uh, the urn that's by your feet right now, too. Oh, man. That urn. I, I can't. I'm not, I'm not. I can't figure out how to finish it. Yeah. It's just been collecting dust for, like, a good year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I didn't even print those decals for you, did I? No, no, I ordered those from somewhere else. Like, I we own a we own the decal printer now, and these decals—it's so old that these it's decals pre- did not come pre our decal printer. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Maybe what I need to do is put more decals on it. I think it's two polka dot decals. But yeah. I had this like my friend Phil had this hilarious idea. We went to the Freeze Art Fair one year, and we were talking about. I was talking about making this urn and the idea came about to make an urn with all of the um, famous TV urn spills on the urn. (laughs) And so that's what it is. And it it was funny because I found a lot of those urn spills, but I I think there's got to be more. Like there's even like websites that are devoted to urn spills. Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? Like dust, like the... Like the, the cremation the remains of a human like you know how that's like a theme in tv shows and sitcoms yeah so like, like, Whoa, like that's <laughs> the theme and that's what this urn is all about like so it's a, uh, who, who knows whose urn it's going to be but <laughs> that's awesome. do, you have, do you have a big Lebowski on there i do uh, do you have there's a zach galifianakis and the guy that plays iron man what's his name Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. There's a good throw in the urn 
the ashes into the water and it splashes into their face. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'll have to check and make sure. Like, it is honestly so long since I've gone over my, like... That could be a new one. It could be a new one. Yeah, like, I have, like, Desperate Housewives. There's a moment. There's, like, what's that show? Frasier. They had a big urn oh, spill moment. Of yeah, it's... it's um. Yeah, I haven't looked at it in a while. I need to work on my... Like, and now that I have, like access to a decal printer. I can go <laughs> decal ape shit on it. Uh-huh. That's your, like, decals are really your jam. I've seen a couple. I love decals so yeah. much. I'm sorry that people aren't as into decals as I am. Oh, I don't think they know about it. <laughs> I think we need to, do, like, yeah, maybe I need to have, like, the mysteries of, the mysteries of decals. Cam and I talked so- about decals, like, a while ago now, but on, on the podcast, but I think one of the things is it's just like, just like with, with any new process, you have to figure out how to use it in a way that makes sense for your work. And that totally, it didn't like, I was always just too nervous to like buy them and mess them up. And then once I became the person in charge of printing decals and I could see <laughs> what other people did, I was yeah. like, all right. And then you yes. used it. You used it well a few times, Gus. Like, do you feel? Are you happy with how they turned out? Yeah. Like, I mean, that. So that piece is like a colored pencil drawing that uh-huh. is uh, turned into a decal and stuff. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I love that. And does it look like it doesn't look as much like a decal anymore? Like you did the drawing to yeah, print out as a decal. I did the drawing, and it's it's so big that it's like split up into weird layers too. So like. It's like, it's like two sheets worth of decals, I think, uh, but they're like cut and then like stuck back together in ways that there's like weird part lines. It's like collaged. Yeah, like it. a little collage. Yeah. So it, like, it, cause that was always my issue was it stuck out so much if I like just use a photograph or even just use a drawing, but like didn't mess with it at all. I know. I think that's why I'm bummed out about it with my Parcheesi board is it's not as, um, crude as I want it to be like I love things being super super graphic I love super graphics but I also want it to be you know look handmade and homemade okay Dean did a cool thing with a um where she put decals on hand-built um pots and it's like the roughness is so great with it it's so funny the the thing that I'm trying to mess with right now is sticking decals straight on to pieces that haven't even been glazed yet. Like you glaze oh. it and then you just put the decal right on top and it really fucks it up. But well, it's, that's oh. it's straight. The straight yeah, it's, like, you know, it's all just, yeah. That's exciting. And I'm it's, and it's like not really this. adhered. Yeah. I'm going to try to collage some decals. I want to see a cami decal experience. I love She just got stuff. some. What are you doing with them? Yeah, I don't know yet. I'll see. We'll see. They're really. Thank you so much. So I don't. It was. It's really fun to talk to you. I hope I don't sound insane. Please let me know if I do, and I I will re-record sentences. So I don't sound like <laughs> totally drunken sailor on your podcast. Oh no, that was the best stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my my plan was to try and get like a sound check going at the start, where I could convince you to say the line. Oh, it's definitely Gus. And then later we could cut in a question where Cammy's like, what Hamilton brother's better? <laughs> Which Hamilton brother do you hate more? You're like, Wait, no, oh, no. what kind of question is that? <laughs> what is she asking? But we'll just edit it together later. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you had to sacrifice one Hamilton, 
<laughs> the kiln gods. Who, which one would you choose? <laughs> to the kiln gods. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming on, Jen. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, thanks for starting the studio. Thanks for coming to the studio and teaching yeah. and working here. I love you guys. <laughs> see you tomorrow. Yes, see you at the staff meeting. <laughs> oh my God, that's right. One o'clock. Right. Yeah, bye. bye. Thanks for listening to our interview with our boss, our friend, even. I would call Jen a friend. Yeah, I don't know if she's going to like that. She might not like that title, but I'm Let's keeping say, it back in. Back it up, back it up, back no, it up. I'm keeping it, keep it in, Cammie. Okay, we'll uh, see. Our, our boss and friend, Jen Waverick. Our metrics just went down across <laughs> the globe. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to uh, follow us on Instagram and uh Leave us a review. Send us questions. Oh, yeah, please. We love answering questions. Um, Gus, this was so fun. I love doing this podcast with you. Great to see you on the computer again. Same. Great to see you, too. All right. And see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.